Hi, everybody. Welcome to EdTech Tips in 10, CETA Sessions. I'm your host, Mitchell. Welcome to the podcast. And today we're joined with Giovanni Zamotti, Director of Spanish Language Instruction, and Claire Francis, Director of the CLCL here at the University of Iowa. Today we are here to talk about ChatGPT. If you haven't heard about ChatGPT, it's a new AI tool. There's been a lot of discussion about it recently. We're going to get more into an article that Claire and Giovanni wrote about the tool. But um, in this article, they asked ChatGPT to define itself. Its answer was ChatGPT, short for Generative Pre-Training Transformer, is a large language model developed by OpenAI. It is trained on a large data set of text and can generate human-like text in a variety of languages. ChatGPT is a variant of GPT that is specifically designed for chat applications such as chatbots. It is trained on a data set of chat conversations and is able to respond to user input in a natural and conversational way. This tool can be used really in a limitless number of ways. And so before we get into the article and the use of this tool at Iowa, I first wanted to survey the room um, about different ways that people have heard and, and tried this tool out itself, because we also have Samuel and Ryan, some of the other CETAs with us here today. So um, I guess I wanted to start with you both and, and hear what you've been learning about the tool or, or tried out for yourself. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, this is Samuel. I'm also CETA working at the University of Iowa under ITS. So yeah, this is really a nice tool. I just heard about this tool last week uh, from my friend, one of my friends. He said that it's a really, really limitless, as you said, limitless option there. So I just tried, you started that. I asked ChatGPT that, can you write a poem in Bengali? That is my mother tongue. And it wrote a very, very right way. And I'm just totally impressed. Then I asked ChatGPT, like, can you make it in sonnet format? And within 40 seconds, it just wrote like half page, like about 10 to 12 line poem. I'm totally impressed about ChatGPT. So I don't know what is the limit, but I do appreciate the, the technology they use. Um, so I heard about it through actually my friend's post. She actually tried to use this um, the G chat GPT to generate an essay and see if that can pass like a plagiarism test. And I think it passed. That's a very interesting experience. I think chat GPT is a very, very powerful, like uh, if we, we use it in a good way, it's kind of like, because I was from a like language associate, second language learning area as well. So I think it will be a very like helpful tool to, and help students writing instruction. Um, but yeah, it has some like concerns and uh, people will have some like worries about it. <laughs> yeah, it can be used just in a very wide range. And so that's interesting to hear. And I know, Giovanni, you wanted to mention some things you had tried out with it um, before we get deeper into that, that article that you had written. Yeah, so one thing that they tried, and it was just for fun, was I asked ChatGPT to write a syllabus for me, and I asked to write the syllabus of a class I usually teach, a graduate class I teach in the fall, 
and it was surprisingly good. And there were many, I think asking to do tasks like these, it's where ChatGPT shines because it grabs from all the knowledge available in the internet or its database. So the syllabus had like some parts that were very similar. Some of the assignments were similar to my syllabus. So I was impressed by that. And then another cool thing we did before writing the article, we already had some sort of like outline for our article, but then we were like, okay, let's try to ask ChatGPT and see how AI will toggle this article instead of us. We gave it the prompt and they gave us a, an outline for an article that was coherent and could have worked. We didn't follow it, but it was valid. So yeah, as you mentioned that you have wrote an article about ChatGPT. So could you please uh, share your experience about ChatGPT more with us? Sure, I'll take that one. Um, so at the end of the fall semester, Giovanni wrote to, wrote me an email and said, hey, Claire, do you want to write an article with me on ChatGPT? And I said, sure. And I had no idea what ChatGPT was. But um, whenever Giovanni writes to me and says, you want to do something? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right, Giovanni? And so. Um, he then, uh, you know, I looked into it before we had our first meeting and I was like, this is amazing. And I don't recall at all what I fed to chat GPT in that first um, couple of times I was trying it out before I met with Giovanni. But then he explained to me that the idea would be that we would co-write an article, but also ask ChatGPT to write along with us. So we effectively wrote an article called uh, Robots versus Humans, Does ChatGPT Pose a Challenge to Second Language Writing? Um, with three voices, mine, Giovanni's, and this platform. And so what we asked it to do, uh, Mitch, as you know, is we first asked it to define itself. And so it gave us a great definition, wonderful working definition. And we said, oh, yeah, that's pretty easy. And then we asked it an increasingly series of complex um, questions. Um, and But the intent of our article and the bulk of the article is to figure out whether ChatGPT could respond to second language writing prompts in a way that would trick um, so to speak, foreign language instructors of writing. And so we recruited faculty from Spanish, whom Giovanni works with, uh, some TAs in French and faculty in Italian, whom we know as well. And we asked them for writing prompts uh, from their intermediate level writing classes. Uh, we said, give us, give us, you know, a typical writing assignment. And we fed it to ChatGPT which immediately within 45 seconds generated a response to each of the assignments. Um, and then we asked those faculty members to grade those assignments based on a rubric that they would use with a regular student, a not robotic student, so to speak. And so uh, we received feedback from the Spanish, French, and Italian faculty that to a person said that each of the responses were near perfect. They were, uh, they would have scored 100 out of 100 using their rubric. Um, and specifically, I can point to in Spanish and in French, um, well, one of the Spanish uh, faculty, I, I was the one who responded a little bit to the French one, and a, another Spanish person said is that we both noticed that the word choice and the syntactical choices that the chat GPT was able to make 
was way beyond what one could expect at an intermediate level of a student, student writer. Because typically those students are just learning to, you know, to make very simple basic sentences. Uh, they don't have a rich vocabulary. And in the case of the French assignment that I uh, looked at, they were using vocabulary that I don't think I had learned until I was well into my third year of graduate school. And so it was easy enough in all three cases, all three Romance languages, for the faculty to suss out that these were not student pieces of writing. At first, of course, they hadn't really heard of ChatGPT, so they were like, well, you know, who wrote this? This is obviously, it's been plagiarized, and that is the first knee-jerk response of a faculty member to see such a good piece of writing, is that it is not the student's own piece of writing. And of course, that's what we want. We want uh, a student to respond with their own voice and their own, and to make the mistakes, because it's through making mistakes in a second language that you will be able to learn that language and become more fluid in it. Uh, and so um, a couple of them said that they, if they had seen this kind of assignment come, they would have uh, suggested that um, that the uh, student come to their office hours and discuss uh, discuss the the piece of writing and tell them, you know, you know and they would have asked the students, well, why did you use this word? Can you use it in a sentence now in in a more organic way? And and so that was very interesting um, to get that kind of feedback. Uh, and so that experiment led us to an interesting discussion in the article, which will be linked at some point, about how this technology uh, really is in, in some ways very parallel to the challenge that we have met with online translators in the, in the past, in our profession, because that is a platform that's a tool, Google Translate and others, that students could go to to get um, you know, to get the kind of extra help that they would want, need in a writing assignment. Uh, and a lot of faculty have already made policies about the use of online translators in their writing courses. Um, but uh, so we talked a little bit about that in the article. And then we talk about what are the implications for second language writing? And I know Giovanni will speak to this a little bit more, but some of the implications are, you know, that's, that students will have a decreased level of cultural competency, decreased critical thinking skills. If they're relying on a tool like this, we really can, you know, they're really not taking ownership of their learning. They're losing their autonomy in their own learning process. Um, and, and so we then, I know, need to sort of think about, and we give some recommendations for how different writing assignments might be able, and a lot of people, in higher ed who are talking about chat GPT have written about this, how to tweak writing assignments so that students cannot use this technology to write for them. And how do you do that? You do that through making personal, you know, uh, focused essays on the, on the student's own personal experience, or you incorporate something that's very narrow and specific. Ironically, however, the assignments that we used in Spanish, French, Spanish and French were highly personal. Tell us about a time in your life when yada, yada, yada happened. And the Italian assignment was highly specific and narrow because it was uh, analyzing a piece of art. And so what we saw is that ChatGPT was able to really respond to these personal prompts and to these highly um, analytical prompts. Um, but um, 
I I think that's the summary in in total of the article. I would say that the end, though, we really think about um, we talk about how what is so what's so important in the teaching of writing, whether this be in in English or in a second language, is that we need to work with uh, undergraduate students in particular to help them to understand that having a robot do your work for you is is fundamentally anti-humanistic. It is, it is not what we're here on this planet to do. We're here to communicate with other people and that learning to speak and learning to write are fundamentally a part of our humanity. And I will just add one little thing. I did say we co-wrote it with ChatGPT and the end of the day, in the end of the article, the total word count for the article was uh, just over 5,000 and ChatGPT contributed about 1,500 words of those. Wow. That... The article was was truly interesting to me. I think you both did a great job of just highlighting, I mean, the capabilities of the tool, but then really reflecting on its on its use um, in courses here. And so we will certainly be linking that article below um, with with ChatGPT as as a co-author there. And um, so student can very easily use like ChatGPT to generate a very good quality of writing. And should faculty be worried about it? Like, should faculty be worried about the chat GPT and the threads they pull into the like writing instruction? So I would say maybe yes, or maybe not. So they should be worried a little bit. Uh, chat GPT and other artificial intelligence tools are here to stay. They're gonna change the way we interact with the world. I will say the impact is gonna be similar to the internet, or I don't know if you remember, maybe like 10, 15 years ago when Wikipedia was starting to get popular that everyone was so scared about, you know, do not use Wikipedia to do research, use just an encyclopedia. And at the end of the day, now Wikipedia is kind of like, everyone is using it. It became like part of the tools you have. Like, is it the best way to do a research? No, but for sure, if you need some information about the topic, it's reliable. You're gonna find reliable information inside Wikipedia. Uh, ChatGPT and other tools like that are gonna be becoming more and more common and we are all gonna use them. So I would say to faculty, instead of fighting them, embrace them. I saw many universities that banned, you know, like they banned ChatGPT from campus. I mean, it's a ban, it doesn't help anyone. Students can still access to it from their phone. Everyone is a phone with like internet connection. They can access from the phone. They can access them from the computer. So I don't think it's, that's the way as faculty, as university, we should deal with those tools. I think there are better ways to find potential ways to integrate ChatGPT in our working routine, ChatGPT in our teaching practice. How do we create assignments that either like you totally ignore ChatGPT and so they make it impossible for the students to use it. So if we have a writing assignment, maybe the writing assignment should be connected to a class discussion. And then the writing assignment should be very personal based on the opinions of the students during that class discussion. ChatGPT will be able to create certain opinions, but they will not be the same that the students came out with. Uh, other potential opportunities is just like to use it to create additional questions, boring tasks. So you wrote an article, 
about something and you want your students to learn about this topic, just put it in ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT to create multiple choice questions for you. It's very boring to spend 30 minutes to create multiple choice questions. You let this tool create the questions for you. And then after that, you just review them, make sure that they're okay, delete the one you don't like, and then you use the other one as an assignment for your students. Uh, I think another problem that we are all gonna have to deal with is the ethical question of, if I'm using ChatGPT to create questions or help me create questions, I think we should disclose that. I think we should, every time we use a tool like that, for professional reasons, we should be like, hey, I was helped with this. I mean, maybe not, because are we disclosing where we're writing an article that Word is autocorrecting us or that our phone is autocorrecting our spelling? Those are all questions that we should ask each other. Yesterday, I was reviewing another article about ChatGPT that is going to come out soon. And this is from the university, a university in Japan. And the university is Kanda University of International Studies. And two language professors are creating, created actually this tool that uses ChatGPT, uh, Google Speech, and an avatar recognition software. And so they created a survey for the students to create kind of like a persona. And then these, using all this software they created, uh, they basically create an avatar that interact with the students. And so students can ask questions to this avatar, the avatar replies to them. And this is a way for their students to practice English as a second language. So there are gonna be so many ways to use this tool in pedagogical appropriate way that I don't think we should be worried too much. Can I jump in there and say, yeah, I've I've heard a lot recently on the radio about chatbots for um, counseling, for like psychological counseling. And so when you talked about just what the Japanese experiment is doing, that's a really interesting way to get more conversational practice in another language potentially. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really interesting uh, application of that. Yeah, it is so interesting to hear about these these uses for the tool this early on, because I cannot imagine what this means will be happening in six months or a year with, with these tools. And I think it's really exciting that, that you wrote this article um, really as this is starting to boom as a topic in higher ed. And I think this article will prove very useful as people go forward thinking about um, how this tool can be used in the classroom. And so, in addition to that article linked below, um, I also wanted to link a resource put out by the Office of Teaching, Learning, and Technology on artificial intelligence tools and teaching, um, which can answer some frequently asked questions about these tools and uh, get you thinking more about um, how to use these tools in your classroom or things to be wary about going forward. And I know you had mentioned an event happening um next week on on friday february 3rd so do you want to talk a little bit about that i can mention just a few things about that event it's just going to be a workshop we're going to focus mostly on language teaching and learning so how ChatGPT can be used by our students to cheat so we want to inform faculty about this tool and then how can we use it to 
help our students learn another language. Yeah, that sounds like a great event. And that it, we will link information to that below, but it is Friday, February 3rd at 1230 in Phillips 120. So we encourage anyone to, to join and, and discuss these tools more. And I wanted to thank you again, Claire and Giovanni, for joining us today. Um, I think this has been a great discussion, and I hope we can continue learning more about these tools um, as we go on in the future. And see you all in episode 24. Bye, thank you. If you ever want to book a consult with one of us, the CETAs, we encourage you to send an email to CETA, that's S-I-T-A, at uiowa.edu, and one of us will get back to you. Thanks for listening. All right, okay. see you soon. See you soon. Bye.